Wellspring podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. And fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some become fools through their rebellious ways and are sufficient or excuse me, and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell all of his works with songs of joy. Others went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord for his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down into the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled against, or they reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wits' end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who live there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hunger to live, hungry to live, and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards. They yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in trackless waste. But he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright seethe and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Whoever is wise, let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. I could probably just stop there um, because the, you know, as we read through that, every, there was always the trial, there's the tribulation, and then what do they, what do, they do? They call on, they call on his name and guess what? Saves them from their own mistakes. I really kind of, it was really hard for me to come up with this message this morning because there was just a lot of going, a lot of stuff going on and having to go back to the hospital last week just kind of took away my attention. And, fo- and I was focused on stuff that I shouldn't have been focused on. I was focused on that instead of being focused on what I needed to be focused on. 
understanding and realizing that everything that I've been through, and it's the same for all of us here, not just me, is that when we go through these things, we, we struggle, we fight, we're asked, where's God at in this? And he's always there, and we know that, but we don't realize that until we get to the other side. And then we look back and say, he was there the whole time. Why did I put myself through these tribulations and these trials when I didn't have to? And that is always the story. Well, at least it is for me. It may not be for you. just want to talk about the goodness of God this morning. I look around and see Kenny, who's sitting here, because of the goodness of God. Amen. Big Dave. Arrow has been going through some things. A lot of us have gone through things. Uh, I don't want to try to name everyone, but we all have. It doesn't mean necessarily it's health. It could be financial. Financial. It could be relationships. It could be anything. But if it weren't for, but for, I guess, the good of God, the goodness of God, where would we be? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. And, you know, I've got all these notes and stuff, and and I've kind of just, I do it mainly because I need to stay on track, because if I don't, I'll just start going off down a different path. So I do these notes to keep me focused. This morning and even last night, or last night and this morning, I just kind of struggled as on just reading all this to you. And just instead of reading everything here to you, is just talk to you or hear from you about things that God has been good for you. Maybe there's someone here that needs to hear something else from somebody like me. Because as you know, every time I get up here and speak, uh, it's always about me because of what I've gone through. Because that's all I need, that's all I know what to talk about. I'm not a Bible scholar by any stretch. So when I speak of these things, um, when I give a message, it's because of stuff that I've gone through. So, I mean, I'm not going to pass around a microphone or anything, but if there is anybody here that would like to say something or would want to say something, I, I think it would be good for all of us to hear. Um, you don't have to get up. You don't have to come up here. You don't have to stand up here. You don't have to get a microphone. You can say it from where you're sitting. Prayer works, doesn't it? And, and just to um, go back a little bit, what Will was saying about Brittany, if you were to see the pictures, you wouldn't have think she would have made it. It was, uh, I, I didn't even know about it until the next morning when I was looking at Facebook, and I, I thought she was posting on something else. Like she po- was posting pictures of another crash that she came by. And it wasn't until I actually read the post that I saw how bad it really was. And for her to walk away, that, that is not by chance. It's by purpose. So regardless of what we go through, as hard as it can be, we have a purpose. Your age doesn't matter. Your sex doesn't matter. Your relationship situation doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters because we all have a purpose. We are all sitting here or standing here today, right now, because God has us here. And we need to recognize that. And whatever you may be going through or went through, that this was part of the, that's part of the journey. As as hard as it is, I mean, it seems like sometimes the journey never ends, you know, but it does. And when we're in the midst of that storm, all we have to do is look to God. That's all we have to do, and it's hard. I'm, I'm terrible at it. You know, this last, these last few weeks when I was in the hospital because I was a moron and ran into a door post and spent five nights in the hospital, I'm like, 
why? What's, what's the purpose of this? And when you're in the midst of that, you don't see it. And it's not until you get through it that you see it and realize that, man, if I would have just had a different attitude when I was going through it, it would have been a lot easier. Just to touch a little bit on that, um, one of the things that stood out to me is, you know, it doesn't matter what we do. We can mess up so bad, and I'm a prime example of that. But it doesn't matter. He's always there. He always loves us, and he's always going to take us right back in. We all know the story of the prodigal son who wanted his, he wanted his dad's inheritance, so he, he was given it. Went off, partied, blew it, ruined his life. Got to the point where he was just completely destitute. Didn't want to, couldn't, he couldn't handle being where he was at. And the only thing he could think of was, well, I need to go home. And that's what he decided to do. He went home, covered in filth, stinky, broke, probably extremely um, embarrassed. But that didn't matter to his father once he saw him. Because what did his father do? He ran to him. He ran to him and cleaned him up. And that's what God does to us. It's hard to put into words. It really is. So is there anybody else before I go on? The Bible talks about we have enemies, and we know that. The enemy of flesh is one. The world is another one. The flesh is that nature we receive from Adam from way back when, when Eve messed up. I was just making sure that you guys were still paying attention to me, not falling asleep. Because that's what mine says. It says, Eve messed up. And Paul speaks of, tru- of a struggles between the old nature and our new. That's not in your, in your Bible, Tawny? It could be. So we have all struggled with weakness of the flesh as it, um, as it strives against the desires of the spirit within us. It's a constant battle, as we all know. One day we will no longer struggle with that. In heaven we will be glorified, be, have a glorified body untouched by the effects of sin. Every thought and deed we do in glory will be pure. We know that when we, he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Finally, when it's all said and done, the devil will be destroyed. We have no greater enemy than that of the devil. He hates us. He doesn't want us to be unforgiven or feel unforgiven. He desires that we live in sin and fail to give God the proper place in our lives. That's his whole goal. He is roaming the earth, even now seeking whom he may devour. The redeemed will soon live in a world where there is no devil. He will be confined eternally to the lake of fire with his angels and all who reject Christ. To be lost means that we are under the power of all of these enemies, the world, the flesh, the sin. We are under the power of death. But to the redeemed, that means we have victory over our enemies because we are redeemed. We as a redeemed should shout in victory and shout adoration. So we should shout with a joy toward our God who has sought after and found the lost sheep who is under the power of all of, his en- of all of his enemies. We were all lost sheep. Some of us still wander off in the pasture a little bit every once in a while. But we always come back. In verse 10, it talks about um, how men were bound with iron 
They had no opportunity for escape. Heavy chains bound them to the walls. Other prisoners and themselves, they were forced into hard labor. Verse 12, it says the labor was not optional. It was required. And it tells us that there were no one to help them. Who would dare attempt to rescue a guilty prisoner from such a place? To do so would have been condemnation on themselves. Then something amazing happens. As we read through all of those verses, they cried out to God and he saved them. He took them out of the darkness, out of death, and out of slavery. No doubt we would expect the righteous to rejoice when they are set free from such a place. We can be like those imprisoned men. Guilty. Imprisoned in darkness. Awaiting a death sentence. Bound by our own sin with no one to help us. But we cry out unto God and he delivers us from darkness to light, from death to life, from bound to free, and we ought to be praising him for his goodness and his wonderful acts towards us. Fools live apart from God. He usually indulges in behavior that affects him physically. As a result of indulgence, affliction comes into his life. The fool may turn to drugs, alcohol, pornography, and other addictions. Addiction may cause his body to be afflicted. He may even turn to immorality. The fool may become so depressed that he no longer wants to eat or drink. Even at a young age, he may find himself near death because he lives a sinful lifestyle. In the midst of his despair, the fool realizes he needs God in his life. He cries out to the Lord, and the Lord saves him. God's hand of mercy is extended toward the drunk, the prostitute, and the drug addict. Those who foolishly hurt themselves with their lifestyle can still find help in the Lord. The fool understands that he has caused himself all the pain he is enduring. That is why he is to praise God. God could have said, I told you so, or you deserve this. Instead, he says, come unto me and I will give you rest. So we ought to thank God that we are reaping better than what we have sown. The wounds he has healed in our lives were a result of our own foolish choices. And thank God he restores what we destroy when we call on his name. When the storms come, we got to hold on. Some jump ship when the storm comes. You want to give it up. They only find themselves swallowed up by the storm. So when they give up, they just make it worse. The sailors knew in verses 26 and 27, to hold on in the storm. The storm would eventually pass. Their only danger would be if the ship sunk. The believer doesn't have to worry about his ship sinking. Our ship is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and he cannot sink. Don't be afraid. Children are naturally afraid of thunder. It's the fear of the unknown. The other night, I always call him monkey, sorry was uh, staying the night, I think it was right around the 4th of July, and I was in the kitchen, and there was a huge bang. It actually sounded like a gunshot to me, and he heard it. It was about 1130 at night, so he comes flying into the kitchen and asked me if I heard it. I said, yes. And then the neighbor dogs start yipping and barking, and he's, he swears up and down. He says, I've never heard those dogs bark like that, Papo. There's something going on out there, and I said, no, monkey, there isn't. So what I did was I turned on my pack set and I let him listen to the radio. 
And he finally calmed down. And I said, you know, I'm here. I said, your grandma's here. I said, listen to the radio. You're not hearing anything. I said, we've got this. We've got you. And I said, if I am start to fear, then you know you can fear. And he just looks at me and goes, okay. And then he went back to bed. So it was just calming the fear. And that's what God does for us. He calms that fear we have. Because he can do it. As they grow, they understand that storms will, while scary, bring abundant fruit to the land. Without them, the land will be a desert. The mature believer understands that storms water our lives. An absence of storms would produce believers that brought forth little fruit. I had a hard time with that statement. Because <laughs> none of us want to go through the storms that we go through. But it does make us better when we reach the other side, does it not? Everybody would agree with that, I think. We are not to faint when storms come. We are to rejoice knowing that our faith is being tried and God is doing a work in our lives. When storms come, don't try to handle them by yourself. You and I can't stop the storm. We can only endure it. When we try to rescue ourselves from the storms in our lives, we come to our wit's end, and it is an impossible task. The storm-tossed saints cry out to God in the midst of the storm. He, can, he calms the storm. To every storm, there is an end. Whatever trial the saint is enduring will pass. We should be sure to remember to praise God for deliverance from the storms. So once you get through, thank God that you got through. It is easy to forget the turmoil the storm had on us. It's easy to forget the prayers and promises we made. How many of us ever prayed, God, if you do this, I, I'll do this? I've never done that. It's easy to forget the fear we were in. We often forget the desperation we were in once the waves subside. We must always remember to praise God when the winds stop. He takes us to our destination, to our desired haven. Soon our ship will dock, and when we exit, we will find ourselves on the shores of glory. Heaven is the desired haven of the saint. We should praise God. We ought to praise him because he found us when we were lost. We ought to praise him because he set us free when we were imprisoned. We ought to praise him because he heard us despite our foolish choices. And finally, we ought to praise him because he calms every storm we weather. I am going to close with just one quote from Henry David Thoreau, who once wrote, Goodness is the only investment which never fails. This is a pretty sentiment, and it is true. However, it is only true if one's understanding of goodness is rooted in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Why is this the case? Because it is not possible for goodness to exist outside of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com. So I will lift up.